Hello, this is Dr. Tina Moore, and today we'll be mapping tissue regeneration on the 15-minute matrix. Welcome to the 15-Minute Matrix. I'm Andrea Nakayama, functional medicine nutritionist and your host. This is the podcast that brings you bite-sized insights and lessons on how to use the most important tool in functional medicine and functional nutrition. Today on the 15-Minute Matrix, I'll be speaking with Dr. Tina Moore. Dr. Tina is a naturopathic and chiropractic physician and number one best-selling author. Her current passions include training naturopathic doctors in regenerative medicine, her specialty in clinical practice for over a decade, as well as broadening their reach through digital and online marketing so that they can have a stronger impact, make more money, and enjoy more balance in their lives. Let's get started and talk with Dr. Tina about tissue regeneration. Dr. Tina, fellow Portlander, welcome to the 15-Minute Matrix. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I am really excited to talk about tissue regeneration because I think for many of us in functional medicine and functional nutrition, we tend to bypass a lot of the structural issues. So when we're talking about tissue regeneration, can you just start us out by illuminating why the tissues need to be regenerated? So I think of everything in terms of collagen. We're just basically mm. a big blob of collagen walking around. And these collagen fibers line up in linear fashion in your body. And they are meant to be stressed so that they can strengthen. And they are meant to be moved. And I think in current society, not a lot of people are moving. Mm. And it's, it's really taking its toll. And so things get stretched out. Things get over, uh, overwrought. Things get torn. And really what I see in practice is like little micro tears causing so much pain, not big, huge, frank lesions like you'd see on imaging, but these small little tears that just come from, you know, daily living wear and tear, which is huge as people are aging. Yeah, absolutely. And are there other things you, you mentioned sort of a sedentary lifestyle that could contribute to this occurrence? Are there nutrient deficiencies or the increase in inflammation or other environmental inputs that are acting as triggers for these micro tears? Yes, I think malnourishment is huge. I think we're generally a country of overfed and malnourished people. So people are consuming plenty of calories, but they're not nutrient dense. And so they're walking around fairly malnourished, not getting the basic minimum requirements of vitamins and minerals and nutrients and coenzymes and all that jazz to build good, healthy collagen. And then yes, absolutely inflammation. It's kind of that slow burn that the modern American who goes from their bed to their couch, to their car, to their desk, back to their car, back to their couch, back to their bed. Yeah. And I also think there's just stagnancy. People are not, it's not just about exercise as far as strengthening, which, you know, I'm a huge fan of, but movement in general, just to like wash out the goo. There's people are walking around with a lot of goo in their extracellular matrix and in their fascial planes, and they just get stiff and hurt from it. And then, you know, alcohol, sugar, all the things that inflame us really cause havoc on the tissues. What is that goo? I think the most obvious one for me that would resonate with you 
too is I see a lot of myxedema. Yeah. Um, sluggish thyroid. And I really personally feel that, and I don't have any anecdotal evidence uh, to support this, but I've just seen clinically people who eat all day long, kind of grazing and not necessarily making the best choices, they tend to sort of eat themselves into hypothyroidism mm. versus kind of stoking that fire intermittently. And they end up with a lot of mixed edematous, which is like a proteinaceous edema or swelling, if you will. It's not water-based, it's protein-based. And it just gloms up in our tissues. And then people who are stagnant and don't exercise end up with fatty infiltrate in their muscles. So all of that leads to pain in a variety yeah. of ways uh, or discomfort or stiffness or whatever you want to call it. And then it sort of sets people up for a higher likelihood of further injury. And then to, to compound it, our hormonal milieu is a little bit skewed. People, as we're aging, our hormones aren't what they once were. And that can lead to all kinds of issues in the tissues. <laughs> issues in the <laughs> tissues. No good, which lead to pain. When we think about this through the lens of mediators, there's a lot of things that come to mind right away as you're talking. We can think about diet. We can think about lifestyle and movement. And also, you know, you're speaking really beautifully to resilience. Like, how does the body become more resilient? But I know you work with a number of other therapies to help with tissue regeneration. Can you lead us into that conversation? Sure. It's my favorite. So I specialize in regenerative uh, injections, meaning I use natural substances in an orthopedic fashion to regenerate people's joints. You can also apply it to the skin or anywhere else in an aesthetic fashion. So people might have heard of like the vampire facial, et cetera. Mm. I do that to joints. Mm. So, um, I'm using natural substances and my needle itself counts and I am causing microtrauma to torn or damaged ligaments, tendons, joints that notoriously have a pretty bad blood supply. And so we get in there with our solutions and our style of needling and actually get these tissues to wake up by causing a little bit of microtrauma bleeding, causing the immune system to rush in. And depending on what we're injecting, creating a really hospitable environment for those tissues to regenerate themselves. And is it the blood supply that's helping to regenerate and all the factors in the blood supply, all the immune factors and other regenerative factors that are helping in that situation? Yep. Prolotherapy is the most basic familiar one. Well, might not be the most familiar, but it's the most old school. And that's my favorite. We're injecting sugar water in that case, which creates an osmotic pull of your immune system and it kind of it gives that region a secondary chance at healing. It's a it's a bit gentle. It can be very powerful because dextrose or the sugar molecule actually calms down neurogenic inflammation. So a lot of times we get pain relief, but most notably what we're going for is regeneration and that takes time. Then we can go stronger. We can take a person's blood, do a basic blood draw, spin out the platelets which have growth factors, concentrate those down and re-inject that in the same fashion, only something different in the syringe. And then from there it grows up, we have a variety of things we can inject, like stem cells or exosomes. There's all kinds of different options out there now in the regenerative world of stronger solutions in the syringe. The concept of the needling as a prolotherapist is the same. I'm trying to stimulate that area through my needling technique to hit all of the ligaments and tendons that are involved in that pain generation around that joint, not just inside the joint. Uh, and then hopefully nutrition will come in and the immune system will come in and do its thing. And all of the, that whole inflammatory cascade will take right. effect yeah. to heal those tissues up. 
So if we go to the central area of the matrix, what I like to think of as the soup, you know, because everything is connected in there. What kind of conditions are you using these techniques to address mostly? I'll tell you my ideal patient. My ideal patient would be somebody who is eating relatively well, who has a relatively uh, balanced hormonal system, and who is relatively active. Those people heal really well. And I always ask patients, if you cut yourself, do you heal fast? And Mm -hmm. if they say no, they're probably not a good candidate because I need them to be nutritionally solid and hormonally balanced so that they have that healing impact, right? Otherwise, it's a moot point. So we don't want to take a Mountain Dew drinking, you know, morbidly obese person, no disrespect. I'm just saying like those people are not going to heal well, right? Generally, so we don't want to waste their time and money, we want to optimize their health first. But I'm looking at any kind of ligamentous or tendinous injury. So sprains, strains, any kind of arthritis, whether it's new or old cartilage defects. So if you've like fallen and banged your cartilage, and we can regenerate that too. So really, the sky's the limit. But the person this does not work on is, like I said, somebody who's nutritionally malnourished, not moving very much because movement pumps nutrients into the joint and it pumps metabolic waste out. Right. So we need, we need people moving. Yeah. And some, some people are not moving because they're in so much pain. So we can kind of dial them up if they're willing to make all of the necessary lifestyle modifications. Yeah, it's so interesting. We often in this society look for the quick fix, as you and I both know. And it's true in almost every situation that we have to go through what I call the three tiers of mastery, right? We need to do that tier one work. And that actually sets the stage for these later phase um, interventions to do their best work. And sometimes those later stage interventions are the interventions that we're getting through pharmaceuticals. And sometimes, like you're saying, they're here and they're an actual, I don't know, how do we talk about this intervention? It's a regenerative injection of different things. How do you speak about it? Well, it's, yeah, I mean, it's a regenerative injection therapy and they can be they can vary in price and some can be quite costly and some Mm. clinics are charging a lot and sometimes they're charging a lot for things that maybe don't need to be charged so much for and unbeknownst to the average American they're going in there to get these procedures done they're being talked into it in hotel rooms by stem cell experts who aren't even doctors convincing them to do these expensive therapies and this person doesn't even have a handle on their nutrition So I think that you're absolutely right. What's the root cause of their pain? That's my issue. I have joint pain all over, but it's really coming. How much wine did I drink last week? Mm -hmm. And did I imbibe in sugar? And (laughs) I've been sleeping well, (laughs) all the things, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we have to look at the why and when other things haven't worked or there's some sort of injury, that's when you can really come in and help the body to do its work. Can we talk a little bit more about collagen and how you see ways to support collagen other than the injections? Yeah, absolutely. So Collagen chondrocytes are really interesting little cells. They they actually secrete hormones in a paracrine fashion, I just learned, which is nutso. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm doing this whole research on estrogen and testosterone inside the joint. It's kind of wild. But they are cool little cells. They need pressure, but they also need rest. So they can't be crushed too much, but they definitely need bounce and they need some pressure against them so that they are hormetically stimulated and are healthy and robust. So what happens is the average American kind of is walking around with often excess weight and then they are either crushing their cartilage or they're not using it whatsoever. 
And so that's why squats done properly are not bad for your knees, right? They're, they're healthy, happy uh, movement patterns for cartilage. So when people say they're bone on bone, the first thing I think of is I wonder what their nutritional status was when they were young and how much cartilage did they actually grow in the first place. Mm. The big one, I can tell just by looking at someone's knees, I don't care if they're a chain smoker and drinking soda every day. If they grew up on a farm, they have great cartilage. <laughs> if they... If they grew up uh, in an impoverished third world country with a lot of nutrients lacking, their knee joints look crazy. It's just so much different. Very thinned out cartilage, lots of bone spurs. It's really interesting what nutrition does to the musculoskeletal system. And then we have different collagen that is a different type, and it is actually making up our ligaments and tendons. And those run in linear bundles. So when we hurt ourselves, we have to heal up that collagen, but also we have to move it so those linear bundles actually line up in a strong patterning. Does that make sense? They've got to be at their most tensile. So movement is key, right? Injections or no injections, when we sprain an ankle or hurt ourselves in any way, the old adage was to rest it. Now we want to move it. We want to heat it. We want to move it. And we want to get that deposition of collagen laying down. And that's, you know, zinc, vitamin C, lots of cofactors make up collagen, Right. Yeah. But we have to ingest it in order to make it. So however that looks for the person. I'm thinking a lot about, well, there's a couple questions coming to mind. One is about working with children post-accident. Do you see a population of children or does it tend to be people later in life that you're working with? I mainly work with adults and probably the boomers, the baby boomers and then Mm -hmm. athletes. So I get I've got very different, I've got like your chronic kind of fibromyalgia woman who has chronic lumbopelvic pain. Those are tough, tough cases. Yeah. Um, I get the occasional college athlete who just is in decent, I mean, you know, all teenagers seem to eat garbage no matter where I go. I can't seem to find a population of teenagers that are consuming healthy, nutrient-dense foods, but uh, they heal really well regardless. Yes. And then a lot of boomers, but a lot of quite geriatric people who've been very active their whole lives. Awesome people, people in their 80s and 90s who are super active and just want to keep their joints going. So but all of them have things in common that they understand. They all stay hydrated. They all understand the power of nutrition and they all understand that they have to keep moving. And you're right, stress and resilience. Like if they believe they're going to get better, they get better. If they don't, I wonder how the elder population is going to change because we're still looking at an elder population that was healthier, had more microbial diversity, likely more movement than our generation did moving forward. Um, And the kids behind us, it's just really interesting to see how this is going to impact our resilience and our collagen in the future. Like you said, if you're looking at somebody who grew up on a farm, I also am curious Dr. Tina, what the world looks like through your lens. Like I'm looking at my knees going like, what would Dr. Tina see looking at my knees? Like, is there something that clinicians could be looking for that's a, that's kind of just a clue for us in our physical exams or assessments that lets us know that some of these nutrients that support collagen production are missing? Sure. So Again, ask people how they heal. How fast do they mm-hmm. heal when they cut their finger? That's a huge one. Um, also, how how's their skin integrity? When I was young and I was not eating so well, I have a long sordid history of being pretty malnourished and taking terrible care of myself. Um, I used to just bump up against things and my skin would abrade. I would like end up with a cut or I'd end up with bleeding. And I was mm-hmm. like, how am I cut and bleeding? And that's because my thin- skin was so thin. 
So looking for just how well do they heal? What's their skin integrity like? You can tell a lot by putting your hands on people, but that really only comes down to if you're used to putting your hands on your right. patients. You know, I'm used. Yeah. To, I'm pretty used to it. Um, but look for, ask about swelling. People often have swelling. Ask about how do they get moving in the morning? You know, if they're if it takes them a few minutes to get out of bed and get moving, that's pretty classic osteoarthritis and they probably have some goo in the system. They got to get the goo out. I think of the musculoskeletal system as kind of like the lightning rod. And Mm -hmm. so often when people have pain, here's a great pearl. Do they have pain in one joint or do they have pain in multiple joints? Mm. And if it's multiple, is it bilateral? Anytime you see bilateral as in both sides, maybe got more regions than that going, you probably have a systemic cause of pain brewing. Yes, their joints are actually being impacted, but it's a secondary issue to some underlying cause. Like it's, oh God, the, the, you know, runs the gamut, right. but I, I most often think of like celiac and or some kind of IBD process going on or some kind of systemic inflammation or a hormonal deficiency. Yeah, so many pearls there. Thank you so much, Dr. Tina. I really appreciate all your wisdom and you taking the time to share it with us today. Yes, thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. The 15-Minute Matrix is brought to you by me, Andrea Nakayama, and the Functional Nutrition Alliance. The 15-Minute Matrix team includes music by my son, Gilbert Nakayama, and production support from Renee Hunt, Natalie Merrill, and Christine Shook. You can visit us and hear more episodes at 15minutematrix.com. And over on that website, you will also find a completed matrix PDF of this very episode. And if you'd like to be notified each time there's a new podcast episode ready for you, please go to 15minutematrix.com forward slash notify. We'll drop into your inbox with a really short reminder that a new episode is ready for you. You also have an open invitation to email us. We'd love to hear from you. We want to know who you'd like to hear on the podcast and what you'd like to see mapped on the 15-Minute Matrix. You can email us at ask at 15minutematrix.com.